Welcome to the Scale Up Your Business podcast. My name is Zakia Ringgold, and I am a business owner, a Scale Up ambassador, and your host. Scale Up is an initiative created by LA21 CDC with primary support from the Philadelphia Commerce Department. Well, hello, everyone. I am here with Scott at the LA21 office. Scott, could you take a moment and just introduce yourself? What's your name? Sure. Okay. Sure. So I'm longtime LA21 member, uh, Scott Mates. I am the senior guy on the cleaning contract. We just won that five-year pin, but my history with LA21 goes much further back and before in our home office, too, in our home building. Wow, so you said you go way back. Oh, way, way, back, way, 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 back. way back. So tell me, how did you get started with LA21? Well, I was a building manager at the Community Education Center, which is quite a venerable building. Um, it's, it's not even the current building is not even the original one. And as I'm a member of the Mayor's Historic Task Force also, which is another thing, um, I see and I've poked around and figured out and read and researched a lot of history here. This was a great abolitionist location. There was underground railroad tunnels here actually. Um, they're no longer there, right. but the remnants of them are there um, in some fashion. And I'm an expert at how that stuff worked and there's some archaeology currently going on or about to go on around this building which should confirm all these different things. Wow. Yeah. So did you know that when you first got started or as it was it through your research that you started to uncover some of these things? It was through my research. I realized it's a very historic building and I only seem to be around some of the most historic buildings. <laughs> For You're some reason, yeah, yeah, it, and it, it's more than that, though. It's not that I'm searching them out and finding them, but I just seem to end up at them, too. Um, of course, Philadelphia is like Europe, and that uh, is an American, at least for an American city, that it has multiple layers, especially, which is really kind of odd because it was the last major city founded However, uh, and that's New York, or New Amsterdam, I should say, Boston, Providence, New Haven, Wilmington, Baltimore, and other cities um, or towns. But what it did was because of the Quaker freedoms, which this building embodies because it's an old Quaker meeting house and school, um, it exploded as far as settlement as far as use and people and Pennsylvania really shot past other states that did not develop and they were developing in their urban area or you know little village urban area but they weren't developing inland and this was and Lancaster Avenue specifically was the most important colonial road in America which is not widely understood is absolutely clear, and it eventually um, went to reach to Georgia. Wow. It reached to Georgia, and then it was switched to go to Pittsburgh during the French Indian War <laughs> and beat the French, and we now speak English entirely across the United States, unlike Fr uh, 
uh, Canada, which speaks French and English. That would have been America, but we the um, uh, the British Army came through a second time, this time going via Lancaster Avenue as opposed to Maryland to beat the French in Pittsburgh, and the French just got out of town, and that became the Lancaster Road. So, and then it eventually became a transcontinental road uh, by the Lincoln Highway era, which was much later after railroads and other and canals and other issues. Um, but it became the way, the Lincoln Highway is the way we transformed America for the highway dominance that we have today. Wow. Um, and Lincoln Highway in Philadelphia was Lancaster Avenue primarily, but it also pivoted on route, uh, it pivoted in Center City, Central Philadelphia, and actually went up Broad Street and then Roosevelt Boulevard, which was Teddy Roosevelt Boulevard. Everybody thinks it's Franklin Roosevelt it now. Was Teddy. Teddy Roosevelt Boulevard. Nobody calls it that. I'm gonna be hammering that stuff home. Got it, got it. <laughs> um, and, but it was very important from New York to Philadelphia to Pittsburgh, transcontinental to Denver and San Francisco. So we can go to all sorts of levels of history, whether it's Underground Railroad, the Indian Trails. This spot we're sitting at is exactly where the Indian Trail from the Atlantic Ocean crossed over what later became William Penn's Lancaster Road. So how does all of this kind of cross-section right here on Lancaster end? That seems very... Like one spot for all of those. There's so I mean, much. Yeah. Yeah, there's so much. And there are various places like that that seem to have multiple roles in different eras. And so the reason the Native Trail crossed here, because it was a high point along the Delaware River and then transitioning along the Schuylkill River, whereas 30th Street Station area today was a swampy area mm -hmm. along the river. And Native Americans didn't want that. They wanted to be on the high ground for security reasons because they could they could attack down. They couldn't be um, surprised as easily. And for the exact same reason is why the Quakers located the meeting house here. Um, it's the high point coming out of the city. Now, Lancaster does undulate after this, uh, heading west. It, it's... There are other points, it's kind of hard to see that it's a high point, so they made the meeting house sit up on a, they built up a little air, terrace, oh. and they put it up on the terrace to make sure it was a high point. <laughs> so was there was no smart. question, but that was also the natives, uh, um, uh, uh, Lancaster Road, the high road out of Philadelphia, um, Market Street used to be the main street in Philadelphia, used to be High Street, and mm -hmm. that was the term, High Street, and this is the high road out of Philadelphia. Get out of here. So, but there's, that tells you why different ages, different peoples came to the same places. In part, I believe there's more to it, and maybe a karma and other things, but it's, there's also um, logistical reasons. For sure. Now, you mentioned to me that you won the Member of the Year for the Lincoln Highway Association. Yes, yes. So tell me about that award. How does someone even be eligible to win an award, and why do you think you were selected? Well, I am Philadelphia Council, 
um, for Lincoln Highway Association and the console, I should say. It's an old spelling, an old word. It's not used so wisely and people think it means council. Well, I'm not council, I'm console. Um, and uh, so I, I'd been researching Lincoln Highway, I realized that Lancaster Avenue had quite an opportunity as the former Lincoln Highway, the first major paved road across America, um, and it could play an important role in revitalization, such as Route 66, as Lincoln Highway is elsewhere. We're in a big city, so it kind of gets swept aside. It's, it's bigger things in smaller towns. However, we can bring it uh, to an important point here and make it relevant. Um, so uh, I went out to a meeting for the Lincoln Highway PA chapter, which I read. This is years after I'd already written to Congress about, a, there was a study of the Lincoln Highway, you know, 25 years ago or something like that. And I wrote to them how we had some of the most important things on the Lincoln Highway here in Philadelphia, and yet we had some poverty here that was really need to be addressed. And per the legal requirements of this congressional study, as are all studies, they're supposed to pay extra attention to those areas. Well, they, I got a response from the consultants, and they said, well, there's a county in Arizona that makes, you know, and it was... And I looked up how many people, and there's like 30 people there. And we have 30,000 people or something um, there. So technically, they made less per capita, but we had, we certainly had, we were the people they were talking about that they're supposed to pay attention to when they're doing these studies, but that was ignored. They were able to sidestep that. So anyway, fast forward. Um, uh, a number of years ago, and Lincoln Highways reformed as an association, and there's a PA chapter, and they're in central Pennsylvania. Western Pennsylvania has also got an official Lincoln Highway designation from the federal government. And when I talked to them in western Pennsylvania years ago, this is when Mayor Ed Rendell in Philadelphia was transitioning to governor. And there was a period where he was out of power, and then he became governor. Well, they thought I was going to steal the Lincoln Highway from them <laughs> out there. And they don't, what they're not understand, they're always afraid of Philadelphia. Wherever we go, as soon as you cross City Avenue and go a little further out, you know, it gets worse and worse. And they're really afraid of us for various reasons. Um, and it goes back to colonial times, I can tell you. I can see why. And... Uh, actually, the Quakers, it was something to do with them. But um, I said, to, I tried to say to them, no, we will be sending you tourism right. because we're the big population, right. we're the media center, we have multiple media outlets here, and you have far less. And uh, we will be sending you many more than will come to us from you. Right. So don't be afraid about, well, that fell on right. deaf ears as usual. So when I went out to the PA um, committee meeting out in York County, and I don't own a car, which is part of this Lincoln Highway story. I used to own two cars, okay. so 
but I realized how damaging they are to the environment, mm -hmm. um, also to cities specifically. I love our trolley system. I'm a big, huge, I'm actually a trolley activist and actually at a planner's level. Yeah, and I helped, to, I helped with Governor Rendell to save the antique green cars, mm -hmm. which SEPTA was scrapping hundreds at a time. And then they sold some to San Francisco and they made them their number one tourist attraction, even with the cable cars, with the our Philly trolleys painted in other colors. And they said, oh, these things are actually still Worth good. Yeah. yeah, and we were able to save a fleet of 18. And specifically when Mayor Street came in, they were gonna pull the plug again on a deal to keep them for Girard Avenue with Rendell. Um, but he was out of power and I, lined up all the institutions again, and Mayor Street on what SEPTA had thought, I don't wanna go into why they thought that he wouldn't care about them as a different person um, than us trolley guys and Ed Rendell and others, um, but he was like, no, we want these, so they did come back. Um, and, and I must say, Lincoln Highway loves the fact that we have trolleys. It's the only place left in the country where they used to be in every town, in every city across the country. Now only Philadelphia and a little place you cross in San Francisco, but not going along Lancaster Avenue, not with the 1930s antique trolleys running and uh, that I hope to actually bring back to Lancaster Avenue with a new new line. So when I got out, uh, it's by a long way, but when I got out to the PA chapter of um, the Lincoln Highway Association, they were having their business meeting in an antique diner, and I said, I, I came up to the guy who was there early as usual, I rode my bike out and the train to get out there in York County. That's how I get places. And not a problem, you know, with it's a little longer and yeah. all that kind of stuff, of course. Um, but I said, oh, you really want to make me the Philadelphia guy because I know, you know, and I've written Congress and I've done this and that and I do all these things. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah okay, okay, sure, sure. <laughs> and, I, and we have a business meeting. Okay, so the business meeting convenes a little bit later and, you know, I sat through it and was, you know, not taking notes, but just noting what was going on. And then they had a trivia part at the end because it's a club about, you know, mm -hmm. antique things. And they started asking all these questions predominantly about Central PA, but about Lincoln Highway across the state and wherever. And um, I could answer every single that question. And I was just, <laughs> I would put my hand, I was in the back room, I'd just stick my hand up. Yeah, I know that one. Oh, I know, I know that, that one. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just in case if they stumped anybody else. Like, yeah, that one I know. And pretty soon the guys are all looking at me, and the women too. There's women and men. And um, they're turning around, and they're, you know, like, who's this guy? Oh, well, that's Scott Mates. He's our new Philadelphia council, so that's how I get appointed, right on the spot. Trivia. Yeah, on the trivia and the spot, because I can answer it, and obviously I knew it. But again, I wasn't driving, so I'm totally different. And with this award, specifically what I won it for was just they were hearing good things about straightening out 
We're the biggest en route city, and there were many different versions. There were different versions of Lincoln Highway. There was 1913, 1928, 1915, uh, 1913 designation route, 1915 actual route, 1928 reroute, and then several other things in Philadelphia. And they have lost some of where that was. So I'm reconstructing that. I have seen and this is from pictures, this is from city records or okay. something else. Some of it does not exist in all one place. You right. have to, Philadelphia just got rid of its automotive collection of uh, files and antique stuff that was kept at Philadelphia Library. That was just gotten rid of. I don't, I'm not sure where it went to. Unfortunately, very bad timing with what I think will come to here and what we could make it but it's all about money and having space in libraries. The library is going through quite a renovation, yeah. so they were de-acquisitioning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was ancient history, as it were, even though they're a library, but nobody was really looking too much at that, except I thought I was going to, you know, and I am going to make it uh, more important. Now, the funny thing is, I'm a transit activist. I said I do yeah. the trolleys, I'm high-speed rail. I, I'm living in different centuries. In the 21st, <laughs> then right now, at 20th century, I used to tell people, I'm looking at the 21st, the 22nd, and also all the way back to Native American times mm -hmm. and can speak to all those different things. But I've had my transit act to his friends say, Scott, what are you doing? You're helping the enemy and you're, you know, but, but Lancaster Avenue follows the main line. It goes on the trolley lines. It goes through Center City. It is transit or it's so old of a road, the Philadelphia, the um, high road out of Philadelphia and elsewhere in the country that it is Todd, which is transit oriented development, T-O-D, um, and that's the gold standard. Are you creating sprawl or are you reinforcing existing patterns and renewing them, such as the main line, such as West Philadelphia, North Philadelphia, Roosevelt Boulevard, even this time? Mm -hmm. And um, I am doing that. Lincoln Highway, they were joking with me in California how much a train guy I am. I'm really a train guy. And, but they get it, and they still gave me this award. Congratulations. And, and yeah, and they, they get the idea. And I want to make it a Philadelphia diverse. We need to bring younger people, make it relevant to them. And I think I can. I have actually made grown, I mean, older than myself, men cry with some of the history, you know, that I'll talk about. Fantastic. So I do have a question because you mentioned you're a trolley activist and then the knowledge that you have and the fact that you went out and did the trivia, where where do you think your interest for this sparked? What what drives you to stay so involved and be so active in it? Why is it important? Um history or well Well the, the transit activist side yeah, of it. it but then also the work that you're doing and making sure all of that is preserved and then passing it down the generations you started to mention. Well, I, I realize that the more you know about history, the more you're likely not to repeat the mistakes. It's, and especially now, um, we're forgetting so much more than we used to. We, we're better historians. 
and Philadelphia does have a generally good story. We're, we brought liberty to the to United States and the world, essentially. We're not perfect. We all know the the problems, especially now that Philly's going through. However, symbolically on the world stage, we brought freedom and abolitionists in America started right here. The Underground Railroad was named on the Lancaster Avenue Carter, the Lancaster Carter, and nobody knows that. No, no it's not known. So this is stuff, and I'm, start, I'm working on a website with my son who grew up seeing this. He grew up in this building that we're sitting in right now the, uh, because I was a single father, and he would be on the back of the bike, and you know, and he'd be playing or whatever, running around, and, um, but I was able to work this building. And then by the time I started working for LA 21, he was not that age anymore. <laughs> we lived in a historic Bluebell Tavern, which is the oldest tavern in the city of Philadelphia on Denham Woodland Avenue, which is the other heritage route, which I aspire to become part of, the other heritage route for West Philadelphia. And it shares 30th Street Station and coming out of the city, but then goes down Woodland Avenue. And the East Coast Greenway kind of follows it, and there's all sorts of stuff. So yeah. it's very inspiring. It's interesting rather than boring. You yeah. know, you get it's bored. It's very with, interesting. I'm like drawn yeah, into yeah, the story. Yeah. Like, oh, I had I can, no idea. Yeah, yeah. And, and we need to make it relevant, of course, for younger people, and we need to make it also older folks be proud of it. We need to make people proud of this neighborhood. And this is a way to do it. And we have the good people. We have Ben Franklin, our patron saint, is probably the least, even though he was very flawed, was the least flawed of the founding fathers in some ways because he admitted that, look, I got, you know, I have issues or whatever. And, um, but, and, I find it very significant that his last public good, his last public deed, they used to have to carry him in on a chair, you know, they lift it up and carry him in, was as the head of the abolitionist society. He realized that freedom was not done, obviously, in America. We had this huge problem. It started right a couple miles away at the Mason-Dixon line, mm -hmm. not very far, um, but that that was the next step to start to deal with that stuff. And that's what his last work, and he realized that whether he could affect a major amount of change, then certainly doing that would be very symbolic um, as his last deed uh, before he passed. As he was older than most of the other founding fathers, so he, he didn't live that. He was actually mentioned to a Lieutenant Washington in Virginia um, oh, we want to make the Lancaster Road a turnpike thing, which it became the Lancaster Turnpike, the nation's first significant turnpike, and was actually one of those things that came out of the mind of Franklin, but other people executed it. And that's a skill to learn, to drive from the back seat of the car. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, we go this way, or that's the way to go. And, and I've seen it in so many things where, you know, oh, 
Franklin, there he is again. You know, he's right in the back. Mm -hmm. You know, he's letting other people be the president and um, other different things, but he's actually suggesting these things happen that need to happen. And, uh, yeah, so, and the funny thing was Washington wanted nothing to do with the turnpike from Philadelphia. He wanted it from Virginia. Virginia. Uh But what's interesting was, and... Lieutenant Washington had was the head of the American militia during the French and Indian War because Virginia did have the biggest army. The Quakers were pacifists. They didn't want to raise an army. That's partially why Pennsylvania doesn't like Philadelphia. It goes all the way back to that era. They were not sending militias out. Franklin was sending militias out to protect, help protect some of the uh, settlers on the on the um, periphery, which wasn't very far. It was like Lancaster County and other areas. Um, but uh, Washington had suggested they go a different way, which is today's other heritage road through Pittsburgh, the National Highway. Um, and uh, but they lost when when the British went out with with them. They got assassinated. So two years later, they came back, they told Washington, get in the back of the line, you're the, you're the head of American militia, yes, you're the only ones. And Franklin guaranteed 100 wagons from York County and 100, con- now they're called Conestoga wagons, but they're really Philadelphia wagons. Um, but that's the name they're called, and that's their known worldwide. Nobody will ever tell you they're not, but I did the research. I said, these are really Philadelphia wagons, mm-hmm. but it's about naming things for where you're going or where you're coming, you know, and not where you're built necessarily originally. And in the later years, they did build them out there. Um, they were still building them because they had the holdover industries, you know, whereas Philadelphia was starting to focus on locomotives and other things like that. So, um, but uh, Franklin was ruined, actually, when they lost the first time going out to beat the French in Pittsburgh via Virginia. They were, they were ambushed. Oh. And, and it was at Washington's insistence why they were ambushed. He said, let's send a, a flying detachment ahead and attack even while we're building this road, you had to build the road through the wilderness, which they're building from Virginia and Maryland, up Maryland. Um, and uh, they were they were jumped on by the French and Indians, um, mm. and they lost, and they ran all the way back to Philadelphia. I mean, they, the last crossing of the Schuylkill River, right through the river, not there was there was a ferry there, no bridge, but an army doesn't want to wait for a ferry to no, take them no. back and forth. That takes days, so um, they just went right through the river. Is the last known time that the Schuylkill was definitely forded that we're absolutely sure of was by that. And then two years later, they went out what was called the Forbes Road, which later became the Pennsylvania Road and route to the west and then later Lincoln Highway, which is Route 30. So it's quite deep. Such a rich history. And you just think, you take it for granted when you're just riding on these roads, but the, 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 the part that they played in history and allowing people to travel and, and get to different places and all of, it's kind of mind blowing to hear that history of it. And, and, and not only do we have this 
only trolley line on the Lincoln Highway nationally um, on it, as opposed to crossing. There's a couple you cross, like San Francisco and one or two other places. But um, the railroad here, um, the main line, it's called the main line. It's the most famous main line in the entire world. It was the Pennsylvania Railroad. That's why 30th Street is such a great station and is named the top station in America for its design. It's not in the right city. It's not in New York, it's not in Washington or mm -hmm. other more famous cities, but the station building itself wins the awards, won the award the only time it's been given out twice, 1949 and 2016, so it's modern and historic mm -hmm. in the classic year when the other stations were still working full blast, so to speak. Um, but this main line of that railroad, not the New York to Washington, that was a secondary line. The main line was to Chicago mm -hmm. um, and played a huge role in settlement in Pennsylvania and intertwined with Lancaster Avenue as far as Columbia, yes. PA, um, before the original Lancaster Road was going south, as it were, down through the Shenandoah all the way to Georgia, and uh, and but then they changed it out in central Pennsylvania and they built this military road and the French didn't even fight them. They just abandoned Pittsburgh. They just abandoned it because they knew the British were not gonna mess around this time mm -hmm. and they learned their lesson and and they had a superior force with them. So, um, but the railroad later became the greatest railroad in the history of the world. The Pennsylvania Railroads named the standard railroad of the world. And not only that, but this is where the Underground Railroad was named on the Pennsylvania Railroad as it followed Lancaster Avenue, intertwined. That's where it was actually named. Wow. And um, we know where it was smuggling was going on. I can mm -hmm. take you to it in West Philadelphia. I would love to go. Yeah. I yeah. would love to go. Yeah. Is it a historical site or it's There just is known? a marker and there's some remnants. But I'll, of course, have to spin the tail and you right. know make you see things. And... Oh, and nobody else figured out how they were smuggling on the freight cars? Oh. I did. Well, oh. that's going to be another that's story. An, another story yeah. for another day. I know gotcha. how I figured it out because if you take three feet to put a bulkhead to put a hiding place or you have a underneath, mm -hmm. well, the shippers are going to go, where's my three feet? You can't rent me this car. There's three feet missing. Exactly. I figured it out. Excellent. Yeah. That's like a dun-dun-dun. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and there are drawings of certain cars that were different and and they were kind of laughed at these cars oh that's the cheap it was intentional it was intentional they hid it in the quote unquote cheap feature that was the intention so excellent excellent so i have one more question because yes. i know um, we're getting short oh we're way over <laughs> yeah but you're the building manager, well, you were the building manager for the CEC for over 30 years, yeah. and I know you've recently been given the five-year pin. What is that like? What what is the, What are the, some of the things that you do here, and how have you seen Lancaster Avenue change over your tenure? Well, we're certainly seeing an unprecedented building boom for the inner city, um, West Philadelphia, North Philadelphia, other parts of Philadelphia, seeing brand new buildings popping up where we're like, I mean, nothing was going on for 60, 70, 80 years. 
you know, and when I was growing up, it was like a disaster, you know, and that's why I jump in to help in places that need help. But now it's totally changing. That doesn't mean all the problems are gone by far. They're not. Uh, we were here on Lancaster Avenue during the unrest that we had. Mm -hmm. We actually, I was actually out there protecting certain buildings that where the um, building owners could and we could be make a difference. We couldn't stop everything. By far, the police couldn't stop what was going on, but we were able to kind of contain it. I was also able to report for the city and West Philadelphia what was going on. I was right on the spot within days and during this stuff that I was reporting where this unrest was. But that having been said, thank God it didn't derail yet, hopefully, um, this renaissance that is going that the city has a chance. You know, we all know that it's the, the largest poorest city in America of, of scale, um, but it is coming back. Um, and things like the nostalgia, the things that will draw people in, will add a reason that we should take care of a place instead of just throw our trash on the ground or whatever because it is historic, because it is special, um, are important. And that's why I like to add that layer. Yeah. And I have, I realize I have a knowledge, I have a knack for being in the right places to bring it together so it's not dry history necessarily. Mm -hmm. Now, your level of interest maybe a little bit more than some others, but you have to know your audience. Like when I would conduct a trolley tour, if we have a bunch of little kids, you know, you gotta bring it down to their level. And what's the number one thing we go past? McDonald's oh, and they go yeah. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you have to make it relevant yeah. to people. Scott, this has been absolutely eye-opening. I have never heard the term trolley activist. I never knew that this was a part of the Underground Railroad right where we are. Um, and I am looking forward to your West Philly tour, as well as how they were able to use those trolley cars in a way that you figured out and most have not. Well, it was the train cars. The train cars, okay. Yeah. However, there was an interesting trolley car in the not too far away area on Market Street that went out into the suburbs and may have been also a smuggling cause people because it unusually had two horses pulling it, the horse cars, not one. So it was built extra heavy and where it was going from was a very, very well-known underground railroad place to another one right a couple blocks from here close to this building, which you can, you know, and there's an African-American population in your neighborhood or African as it was called back then. Um, you could walk around openly as opposed to with these people coming out, you know, it's like, oh, you're standing out and all that kind of stuff. And we're not, I also point out that we're not far off the South Street area, which was the first African-American community, Central South Street, mm -hmm. the center area of it. In Philadelphia, the horse car line originally came from South Street, came over here in West Philadelphia, right by here. Wow. So, and it, it was part of 
the Underground Railroad coming from the west and actually think it would be coming from the south, well, that's where Washington was at my house, the Bluebell Tavern, on his days off as president. And he's writing about a secret network starting to form around Philadelphia. What he may not have realized was it was formed already for 90 years by that point. And so he was telling fellow Southerners, and he did, upon Martha's death, his mm -hmm. will did grant freedom for his people that, you know, his slaves mm -hmm. that were living there. So he did kind of get it, not fast enough though, not like a Franklin mm -hmm. who made that, didn't have slaves, but did become the head of the abolitionist society while he was alive and made sure after the great work and, you know, that he had to do in his old age for the constitution to be, to, to um, survive and all. Sure. So one last question. What is something that you would want people to take away from hearing this? What, if they're curious about history or not even curious, why do you think it's important for them to hear what you share? Well, as I said before, um, we'll try to avoid past mistakes in the future because everything happens again and again and we, and we can't forget Things. And we have a society which is a throwaway. And as much as I particularly like modern music, the Beatles and all that stuff, it's a fab throwaway society. Mm -hmm. And that's what we become, certainly. Um, but there's a reason for history. Uh, it's not just nostalgia or trivia or other stuff, but to help inform the future. And that's why I would say it's worth it to look into it. Absolutely. Well, Scott Mates, thank you so very much. Congratulations on your five-year pin. Thank you. And your member of the year with the Lincoln Highway Association. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your insights.